When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the way. We wanted men. That's what she said. <laughs> How's oh, your man. trip going, man? It's all right. It's it's fine. Yesterday sucked. I decided to go out to Disney, and there wasn't much out there. And I just wasted like three hours. No, it was closer to four hours for nothing. You didn't all enjoy it? Did you not enjoy what? the Disney ambiance? It was too crowded. Really? I was tired. I mean, I went to Disney Springs, but after flying and then driving, flying into Tampa, driving out to, to Orlando, trying to find the things that I want, wasn't available. People were everywhere. COVID is just in the back of your mind, like coronavirus, <laughs> like it's going to attack. Nobody got time for that. No. And then, so to cheer myself up, I'm like, I'm going to get some good dive of ice cream. <laughs> and so, it's <laughs> nothing makes you happy than sugar, sugar high. And so I tried to get, I tried to get uh Godiva ice cream and there was a line for that. It's like 25 minutes. It was a virtual line. So you like scan this QR code and they say, come back at the specific time. So it was 25 minutes. I'm like, all right, fine. So my wife wanted me to go to the world of Disney, which was a 20 minute wait. I get into that. I'm like, I'll just see if they have the thing my wife wants. And then I'll run out over to Godiva. And then as I'm waiting in the world of Disney, that line for Godiva starts chopping in half to like five minutes. And I still have like 15 minutes left in world of Disney. So it was just crazy. And then I, I basically went home empty, empty handed. They didn't have the droids that I wanted from the droid builder series. And, but you know what? I'm just chilling in a hotel room right now. There's no kids. I don't have to tell people to get ready for bed. I don't have to go take trash up so i'm doing fine awesome how about you i'm doing good doing good can't complain we uh finally getting our fence in after like a week of not having one because had to have it taken down and you know with two dogs and having to walk them and you can't just throw them out in the backyard for 30 minutes it gets annoying you have like wild animals back there we do we've got a pack of deer there's what probably like 15 20 deer and they keep growing every year no but nothing like coyotes or anything like that not that i'm aware of i know there's people that that say you know on the next door app every now and again there's a wild coyote running around but i've never seen one they said that for a while in my neighborhood but i've never seen it i think the wildest animal that uh was seen i think uh mandy was out with the grandbabies and 
they saw a raccoon at like noon, which I've heard that's not a good thing. Is rabbit then? Doesn't yeah. know where to sleep. Yeah. Jeez. That that's what people have told me that they're they're rabbit if they're out at noon. Oh boy. Yeah. Mandy's have back a fun here. Run. Yeah, Mandy's back here making <laughs> office reference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy's in the background making noise, putting up some more crap she bought. So, did you get it off of Macari? Yeah, Toyota. Nope. Some more Macari finds, not Toyota. All our Toyota stuff actually got put up right as we uh, got home. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. What did you pick up from Toyota? I got a page of freaking Toyota stuff. Uh, are you ready? Do you have a Do you have a nice iced tea and? Um, I have water. Water. Take a sip because it's going to be a minute. You want to? Yeah, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Wake me up when you're done. <laughs> I got a Wampa because it was cheap. And I guess I'm going to start army building Wampa, which army building okay. means you buy a shit ton of them and just yeah. collect that one uh, figure. You're talking uh, Kenner Wampa, right? Yes, a, a Kenner yeah. Wampa. Wamper. That's Redneck Wampa. Georgia right there. Wamper. I got a Whopper from BK. <laughs> from Burger King. I got a Burger King Wampa from Kenner. Yeah. Uh, then I got a couple of, I got a die cast at one of the Disney die cast. I don't know if it came from a Disney park or from a store or Disney store, but it was a snow speeder and a slave one. Uh, they're again, cheap. So why not? Mm -hmm. uh, I made a trade for the Mandaloyalist black series. Hmm. Yeah. Which was, I had, a trade for? Uh, I had a couple of card backs, 20 backs that, um, uh, that were I upgraded and they were, you know, they weren't the best condition. And the dude was like, I want some 12 backs and, but I don't want to pay for them. And he had a Mandalorian sitting right there. So I said, what do you want for the loyalist? He goes, I trade you even. And I said, sold. Cool. Yeah. Um, my wife found a, uh, action fleet heir to the empire set. Yep. She, you told me was the first, uh, appearance of Thrawn in toy form. So, Yes. That's cool. Yep. Um, so that that was cool. I kind of been wanting one, and she surprised me with it. So yay! So that's one win for her. Which yeah, she's back there, so she heard that. <laughs> I got the my my biggest find, which was I was the most happy about, is I found a Billy the Kid from uh, Bill and Ted from the nineties early nineties Kenner line. Yeah. So I was able to check that off. So now I, I need like four more pieces to complete that run, which I need the Genghis Kong, the Abe Lincoln. Um, and then they did a party two pack. Actually, I need three. Uh, they did a two pack party thing. And then they did a phone booth and they did some kind of cassette recorder with an amp. And, but the phone booth is, I think the hardest piece to find. So. Very cool. Yeah. Party on uh, way. Yeah. Party on way. Party on way. Jesus. Well, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I found some micro figures, uh, just a couple of loose things that were sitting in a bin. And the guy there again, when somebody tells you it's four dollars for two micro collection figures, you just say, put them in a bag. <laughs> bag it. Take it bag. Yes. I uh, got a couple of 12 inch Blues Brothers. My wife picked those up for me. Mm. I found some Back to the Future cartoon stills we were chilling out in the lobby getting ready to leave and i got a phone call from blake uh you need to come back here and check these out and the guy had some back to the future uh cartoon stills from that that's pretty cool yeah 
and I was able to pick up a mark and a dot and uh yeah cells from the cartoon like where you could get yeah they're actually like painted backwards or whatever yeah yeah uh what else i picked up a fet 40th black series which there again the dude had just almost retail price on it uh once you added taxes and everything in so that was stupid to let that pass up it's a decent card too yeah it's a nice card it's it's the same one as the uh 21 back card which is the uh, not the desert scene the one where he's just shooting the fire and uh yeah. actually i was at a panel about the rocket firing fat and they showed them taking the picture for that and it's just the dude standing in front of a white um background and all he does is like put his arm out and then does the thing like he's shooting the rocket so it's not even a it's, it's not, not even, even a real flame a, right well it's you can tell it's airbrushed, airbrushed. yeah you can tell yeah. it's airbrushed on the card but you know the there's no drama to the picture it's just sort of there you know, you think it would yeah. be this great picture and it's not. Nope. And, and then last but not least. Oh, no, there's two more things. So sorry. Last but not least, I got an odd, you know, a lot of here us galactic heroes, which there again, it's one of those where if it's a good price and they got a bunch of them, I'll make a deal and just buy them all, throw them in the pile. Um, and then uh, I got the last issue of the Star Wars, the Marvel Star Wars comic. I think it's a issue number 107. Which, oh, cool. Yeah, I wanted it just because it's such an oddball piece of art. Because the, yeah, the it's uh, off the top of my head. I think it's got Chewie and Lando and Luke and Leia and maybe Han. Yeah, Han and R two, and they're all dressed like they're ready to go party, which is totally different than what we're used to seeing them. Yeah. Um, so I had to pick that. And up. The, and they're in weird colors, like pinks and yellows. Yeah, it's it's a very vibrant. Uh, yeah art piece of art yep so did, very cool yeah did you get anything i i, I went in with zero dollars i walked out with 50 and two action figures so that's a pretty good toy show awesome did you sell them a, go ahead. yeah the toy swap yeah what i did find so there's the i mentioned this a couple of weeks ago there was the um the carbon freeze chamber playset from the vintage collection has a stormtrooper in it mm-hmm in order to get the stormtrooper, I have to open the box. And I don't like opening things when it comes to Star Wars stuff. And so the dude was just selling the stormtrooper for 20 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. So I don't have to buy another one and wait for it to go on clearance and all that stuff. And <clears throat> so I got that. And then uh, at the toy swap, some dude was selling from the, I think it's the 30th, no, not the 30th, Saga Collection. It was like a pair of Jawas. And that was the last figure that I needed to finish that collection in that line. So I got that. So nice. Yeah. It's a pretty cool toy store, toy shop, yeah. toy swap. And it kind of adds to it when you just got a pile of crap that you want to trade and no cash. So you got to, it, it's a little game when, when you get it's, to that point. It's funny. Cause we all started setting up and we're setting up all our star Wars stuff. And some guy comes in at the last minute and like, we're out of room, dude, you gotta go to the next room. So he goes to the next room but it's almost like we kicked him out because he was selling like only McFarland spawn stuff. It's like, this is the star Wars room. You go, you go over there with your McFarland spawn stuff. You don't belong in this room. I noticed that. <laughs> Who brings McFarland stuff to a star Wars toy spot? I don't know. There's, there's a free space to sell toys. You didn't have to register or do anything. Right. That was a cool swap. It, I would have liked to have been in a lobby, but. Eh, they they put us back in a room and I think it was pretty successful. 
It was. They just put us in the back corner. Nobody right. knew. And it was just weird that they shut the thing down at six. They shut down the toy show at six. Everybody left and our swap was at seven. Yeah, I didn't even and pay so attention to that. People would have to come back to participate, which was a problem at lunchtime because nearly half the convention left at lunchtime to get lunch because they had to leave. And I know we're going to get to this, but they never came back. Right. And I didn't even think about that. Wow. You're right. So let's break down Toyland to 2021. So Jason, this is your first like major, except for celebration, which I don't yeah. really consider celebration a toy show. It's a Star Wars show. How did you enjoy it? What were your thoughts? Uh, I, we can get into your thoughts with the COVID and, and the distancing and everything too, but just, you know, let, why don't just first, first thoughts that don't even get into the COVID stuff, just first toy, big toy show. How was it? I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a blast. Awesome. I came home energized. I mean, there was just so much that I did and participated in. And um, yeah, I mean, just the, the interview that we did with Daryl the Priest and Rich a lot, the panel that we sat on and we, we did the vintage Star Wars panel. That was awesome. Um, the only issue I had, do, are we getting into issues? or? Yeah, we can, we can get into that. We can do that. Okay. Yeah, the only issues was there's a lot, lot of G.I. Joe stuff. And it felt more like it was still Jolanta than Toylanta. I, I can. It did feel this year like there was a lot, a lot more Joe stuff. Uh, the only thing I could think of is in years past they kind of kept the Joe stuff to the main hall or main room, mm. um, and you kind of knew they, the Joe stuff was together uh, in in years past. And this year it felt like mm. they kind of got spread out. Um, okay. so, so maybe that that's the issue. And you also knew, Hey, this is the Joe room. You kind of stayed at the perimeter. The Joes were a lot more, a lot more concise or condensed in years past. It also felt like they outgrew this space that they were in. It really did. I think I truthfully, I would have liked to have seen this space last year before pre COVID hmm. Be because that, that main room where they had a lot of the Joe stuff, you could have probably put, three or four more booths if you would have done it right uh, maybe that's it you just just me judging it because they had a lot of space between some of that stuff and uh i think like the main it just felt like there was a lot of wasted space in that room but i think they just done it that way because of covid or maybe they didn't you know but then it doesn't make sense because they had really small rooms that were packed yes and and that big room that you're talking about over in that corner or retro retroville that place was packed yeah. you couldn't move over there but on the other half of the room you could i don't know do jumping jacks and spread out and not hit anyone yeah you're right they probably could have just shifted that whole room over a couple of feet and made you know made a lot better use of it what would you think uh let's let's drop the atomic bomb what, is, the, what does glenn think i have no complaints with the toylana staff i think them handling it in a pandemic and putting on a show in a pandemic was was an incredible task, uh, an incredible undertaking. And Toylana, the Toylana staff did an incredible job. Um, you know, they lost, didn't uh, lose, but one of the main uh, driving force behind it, Martin, he had stepped down uh, six, seven, eight months ago. So they had to have a bunch of people step in for him and you know take over the rain and and. Just that, just using, losing like your second or third in command, that'll affect things. And I don't think Toy Lana lost a step. I think, um, you know, they treated 
the club very well. We had a, a very nice spot uh, right next to the bathroom versus in previous years where we were just, I don't, I, we weren't an afterthought, but I think we were just sort of, there was a table, there was a space. So here you go. Where this year Dutch was like, no, I wanted you guys to have room and, and be able to congregate and not have to worry about things. So he, he had us right next to the only working bathroom, which, you know, that yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah. That's another problem. Yeah. Well, we're, I'll get down to my list here in a minute, but um, yeah. Toyland, was great. I did feel like there was a lot of Joes. I felt, I felt like I found out where all the black series ended up that you can't find in stores ended yeah, up in. I mean, this is, that's the story I play in the back of my mind. There was this past weekend after Toy Lanta on Sunday, Jordan Duncan posted on the Georgia action figure group or whatever that the Canton Walmart had three Bo-Katans. So I jump in the car, I drive 20 minutes up there and they are all gone. And I'm like, who in the hell needs three Bo-Katans? Anyways, yeah, exactly. So they could take it back to Toylanta. Right, probably. Um, yeah, I, I, okay. No matter what toy show I go to, if I have friends there, I'm going to have fun. You know, mm-hmm. it could be a crappy toy show and you sit down and talk to somebody for 20, 30 minutes and it makes your day. Um, and it was, it was awesome seeing people that I didn't, haven't seen in, in over a year um, or two years. Some of these people I hadn't seen in two yeah. years. Because with Toylanta being canceled and all the shows being canceled, it's been two years since I've seen some of these people. Uh, nope. It was good seeing. It was awesome seeing club members that were getting out and about that we hadn't seen in, in a while. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tony, what he said, it's been a year, year and a half since we've he's been out and about. Um, yeah, it, it was good seeing people. It was good seeing faces. Good seeing people I hadn't got out and um, in a while. Uh, it's good seeing. Yeah, I, I think that one booth, the Retroville booth, a retro toy, whatever retro. I don't know what the booth. I can't remember their name, but they had some like four proofs, uh, Revenge of the Jedi proofs. That was cool to see. He had some incredible that stuff. That was very cool. Booth. Yeah, agreed. You know, that was the best high end booth they had there. Um, you know, I like think the only high end booth, right? Yeah. Well, that's sort of what Toylanta is. You know, you don't get a lot of the uh, the high end stuff there. It's a lot of mid grade. You know stuff uh you get the people with the like we said five dollar bins and they sell yeah. that stuff out and do that you know they do good uh and then you got people that can sell the high dollar stuff and do good um yeah i the the i think i would have liked to have seen more star wars stuff uh maybe a little bit more higher end stuff but they had a i thought they had a ton of loose stuff there was one guy uh on either saturday or sunday I was sitting talking to my buddy Ryan, Ryan and Blake, and somebody walked by with a sealed 3PO case. And I was like, damn, that's a fine. Jerry comes up to me like the next day and goes, you know that uh, booth in the corner? I was like, yeah. He goes, they, they had a sealed 3PO case for $75. And I, I was like, what? what? Wait, yes. is it part of the Force 2? No. Vintage. The, Return, the, of the... Return of the, yes. Return of the Jedi sealed 3PO case for $300. I mean, $75. What? Yeah, and I'm like, what? I would have bought. I mean, there was a rip in the cellophane, but for the most part, it was sealed. I mean, it's, yeah, it's essentially sealed. Yeah. So, is it is it a problem that 2021 oxygen got touched the plastic? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but there was stuff like that, and then I was looking through that one guy's booth, uh, the retro whatever, 
And the guy had a box yeah. slave one in there. And I'm like, what's the deal with the slave one? He goes, oh yeah, somebody bought that already. Somebody, somebody there had at the booth had bought it at the show and it was going to their collection. And I was like, how the hell did I miss that? I was at the show at like five o'clock that afternoon going through the floor, but I'm also one of those where I'll look at a booth and if I don't see what I'm looking for, I move on to the next booth. You know, I don't, I yeah. don't spend a whole lot of time. Whereas my wife is the finder and she'll dig through stuff and, and will take the time where I'm, I try hitting it fast, but maybe I think I need to learn to slow down. Yeah. Well, it's also overwhelming to be surrounded by all these awesome pieces. You don't know what to focus on. Right. Well, it, it, it was so bad. I'm asking, I turned around, I, I looked at this one booth three or four times. I turned around and asked the guy in the next booth, hey, do you have any Bill and Ted stuff? And he goes, I don't, but that guy does. And I turn around and it's a booth that I'd just been at. And the guy's like, here, I have Bill and Ted stuff. And, and I'm like, dude, I looked at your booth three times. Where the hell were they? And he's sitting right here. And I was looking for that stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to ICC and be like, do you have micro machines? Do you have micro machines? Dude, that's the way to do it. Just be. I'm going to have to. You just ask and, and they'll be, you know, that's the lesson I learned. Always ask if you don't see it because that's what they do. They'll hold stuff back and that way you get a fresh booth every couple of hours as stuff sells. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was another guy downstairs. He had this bookshelf that I, uh, that had some, it had a 3PO, a R2D2 and a Darth Vader topper on it where I thought they were part of the bookshelf. And I'm like, man, that bookshelf's awesome. And he goes, thanks. And then Sunday I go by his booth and I went, you sold, what happened to R2-D2, all the Star Wars stuff on top? He goes, they sold. And I'm oh. like, how much did you sell them for? He goes, $10 a piece. And I turned around and cursed because I was like thinking I would have bought them for $10 a piece because they were just, you know, oddboard cockboard stuff. And I yeah. was just there on Friday night commenting on how cool that thing looked. And the homeboy didn't, didn't even say, hey, they're for sale. They come apart. They're yours if you want them. And it was just, it was aggravating. Yeah, just a little bit. That, oh. You want to talk about bathrooms? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, somebody just crying? messaged me. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm here. Somebody I thought you were just like gonna, crying in the me. corner that you missed out. Yeah, it was upsetting. Um, yeah, we can let's so other than the the one room feeling lopsided what's your um what's your your negative 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 thoughts? Um the bathroom thing was frustrating because at one point some of the stalls weren't working. Yeah. But but I mean covid being covid I'll take that out of the equation for right now. Yeah, take um, the covidness out of the let's, we're going to just talk general we'll, we'll talk covid in a minute. There's just no place to eat. I mean, I got there. I got there at 11, uh, 10. I got there when the show opened and I had no problem finding parking. And then I did the booth duty from 11 to 12. And that's when Jerry showed up and said that he spent just as much time trying to find a parking spot. than he did driving to the place, which I think was about 40 minutes, if I remember right. If I remember that number right. Yeah. And, and so I was afraid to leave for lunch. I'm hangry because I need to eat and we have the panel coming up and I didn't want to be hungry on the panel. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to leave because the risk is I won't find a parking space. So some of that was playing in my head. 
They should have yeah. just had something on site. Um, yeah, the the understanding with that was because uh, I'm I'm a member of like the Toyland group on Facebook, and somebody had made a comment, kind of berating it, and um, the the guy that's kind of in second in command now had made a comment that the hotel, well, talking to Dutch, talking to the other people that had run the show, they were um, they were upset about the lack of bathrooms because they had the bathrooms, but all the men's bathrooms were under construction, under under construction, oh. but one. Who the hell puts on a con? Let's a let's a convention come in your room in your hotel that you know is going to be seventy five percent men, and mm-hmm. only have five stalls. I thought it was four, but anyway, yeah, you have four or whatever. There were three. Yeah, no, it was five because you had three stalls and two urinals. Yeah, it's um, it wasn't ideal. So. Then there again, this is on the hotel. This is not on Toylana. It's on the hotel. Toy, to, the hotel sold Toylana a bill of goods and they didn't come through with it. Um, so, yeah. And then periodically through the day, every couple, few hours, it felt like because the staff there again was overwhelmed. The hotel was underprepared when they had to shut the bathroom down because there was no, there's, you know, you're in COVID. You should never run out of paper towel in a bathroom. They were running out yeah. of paper towel, running out of toilet paper. Yeah. Urinals were overfilling. You know, I, I feel bad for the the staff because they were overwhelmed. You know, you you look over at one point from the fan table and there's a garbage can that's three feet. You know, it's a fifty gallon garbage can and it's overflowing by three feet. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. Nope. COVID be damned at this point. It's just common sense. You don't let a freaking garbage can overflow by three feet and let it sit there for hours. It just no. it looks disgusting. That's SeaWorld quality right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> According to Toylana, the hotel said no outside food or drinks. Um, well, then you better freaking supply me food and drinks. So if you're not going to allow food and drinks, you better supply it. And there was none. Typically, that's why they say that is they force you to buy their food and drink. And and I would have been more than happy paying extra for a, a hamburger. You know, I'll pay five or six dollars for a hamburger because so I won't have to leave. Yes. You, you, you know, you're going to pay a convenience fee and I have no problem doing that. But, you know, if there's not available, what you're going to do. So Toilana didn't really enforce that rule, you know, the food and drinks on the on the floor or outside food and drinks. But I did hear that there was a lot of uh, I did see it a couple of times where they were stopping the food, like the pizza delivery guy at the front door, not letting him in. Uh, or they were just sort of like, I, I don't know what to do because I've got this food delivery and they weren't allowing the you know the drivers in the door which jeez that's a fail on the part and then when you go to the freaking front desk to buy a drink for four dollars there's nobody at the front desk to pay for it you have to wait a couple of minutes for them to show up you know if you promised they should have had food trucks out front or something like that if there was supposed to be food there and there wasn't then arrange it for three or four food trucks to show up i think toylana tried doing that and the hotel told them no that's what i'm my understanding if i'm speaking wrong somebody correct me and we'll correct it on the next on the next podcast but my understanding is they were toyland was told no because mm. that would have been my first phone call because there's enough there's i could have you could have had three or four f- food trucks and they would have made a killing out there and they, you they would have and you've got enough local breweries that have trucks they could have been there selling beer yeah and then that would have eliminated Uh, Because I I also in this thread, people were complaining about people drinking on the floor. I'm guilty of that because 
some, if I walk to somebody and they go, Hey, you want a beer? I'm not going to turn you down. And I will drink it. <laughs> I will drink it on the floor. Um, you know, and I had a couple of people offer me a beer. So, and I brought my own. So if you don't want people drinking on the floor, don't, you know, make the, make the stuff available and then you can control it better because if somebody's walking in with a brown bag, you don't know what's in there. Right. I will say security was great. I love the security guides. I don't know who hired them. I'm assuming it was Toylana who hired them, but those guys were great. They were happy and go lucky. They had one guy that was kept in, kept, uh, you know, going to vendors. I saw him just go up to vendors and give them a thumbs up. And then he'd wait for them to give them a, him a thumbs up back. Yeah. Making sure everything was fine and safe and no funny business was going on. I thought they were great. I heard there were issues with rooms like ACs not working, uh, no towels being in the room, phones and stuff not working. So the, the hotel's under a major renovation and they should have, you know, figured something out, go, Oh, we have a con coming up. Maybe we don't do this, or maybe we leave a bathroom open because could you imagine being a, could you imagine being a vendor on the bottom floor and having to go to the bathroom? You have to walk all the way upstairs. Yeah. You have to leave your booth far, far away. Yeah. Right. That's not ideal. No. And there was no, the ATM wasn't working. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. I bring my cash with me. That's the, yeah, that's not, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. That's not a good idea not to have money right. at, a, at a convention. Yeah. I bring my own cash. So I, I, you know, or I know that I know the vendors or if I'm running low on cash, I, if the vendor's going to take a card, I'll put it on a card. Yeah. That's bad on yeah. you. Um, I do have, I've got just an oddball question. If somebody gives you cash to go get them lunch and they say they want a Coke and there's not Coke products are not available at, said restaurant what are you going to get them pepsi exactly can i have a pepsi please a pepsi free yes hey, buddy if you want a pepsi pal you're gonna have to pay for it well give me a tab if you want a <laughs> tab you got to order something give me something with no sugar give me something with no sugar <laughs> dude brings you back a dr pepper and i'm like Whatever. <laughs> that's the that's what's the equivalent of Dr. Pepper on the other side, Mr. Pib. I was like, son of a bitch. Root beer kind of is in that category too. I, I and I love root beer, but I don't like Dr. Pepper. <laughs> He's a sweetheart, though. Yes, he is. I love him. I love you, Jason. TK. You said you were going to say who it was. <laughs> I don't even know if he listens to the podcast because he's like, I don't, I don't think listen he does. to the podcast. No, he still he still shops in stores. Yeah, he does. He's old school. I, that's why I'm. That's all. That's where I'm going with that. Right. Oh, I'm checking off the list. What do we have? I think we did. We did everything. What did you think about panel accommodations? The panel accommodations this year were were really nice. Um, like any other con, they never announce a panel, which I don't understand why you want it. Like, hey, we have a Star Wars panel at 1.30 in this room. Or, hey, you have a big-ass sign by the panel room saying panel room. So when people are looking for it, it says panel. But that's, yeah. a, that's a problem I have with every con. Panels just are, are not I – don't, I don't know. If you're going to have a panel, advertise it. Uh, make sure people know where the panel room is. Uh, get another projector get another projector and put it up on the wall as people walk in the times it's just it's just like what disney does 
you know, how long wait times are, when the next show is. Like, as you walk in, you can see all that information. Just throw it up on the wall with a projector or get a big TV or something, rent that for the day. Yeah, it'd be it'd be real simple. Or hell, have somebody handwrite the uh, schedule, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, that's every con. So I, that's not a, just a Toyland thing. It's it's every con is like that when it comes to panels. The panel room itself, I I thought was great. We had the the microphone. We had the access to the uh, the uh, projector. I thought the panel went off really nice. I love what you did with the video. How you had it double panned and you know mark Ruciano ish where it was you know you had the frame yeah. of us and you had the frame of the panel of the slide we were talking about um yep you know i thought i had we had what 15 20 people in there which for toilana is an amazing turn up for a panel yeah i was expecting like four because of what you kind of said the week before right and i was kind of joking but i have been in a panel and the panel before us had like four people in it um but we had yeah. we always have a good turnout for the panel Thank you for everyone who did turn out. Yes, thank you. And if you're listening to the podcast because of that panel, thanks for, for listening. Yeah, I thought the panel room was great. I'd like it advertised better. You know, we were going to print up flyers and paste it around, but Justin had an issue with his printer and I wasn't going to pay for flyers. But maybe I should have. Save the clock tower. <laughs> yes, uh, I did. We um, we did do the raffle for children's health care and raised uh, like 140 bucks which for what it was, was I, I know I sounded a little bit down in the video because Narayan kind of scolded me for sounding down, I guess. Um, in in oh, past years, oh. we were hitting, yeah, we were hitting $500 to $1,000 in past years at Toylana. Um, so it was a little bit of a downer, but I think for what it, what it was, we did have people that were, you know, I think, you know, it's awesome that we were able to raise that for, for children's healthcare. And we raffled off yeah. a really awesome Kim Simmons print that uh, Jerry had donated. Um, so that was cool. What did Very you, cool. uh, yeah. what was your, how was your uh, first fan table experience running a fan table? It, it was good. I mean, I was talking to people. I, I'm always impressed when I'm talking to people because I'm such an introvert. And so whenever I'm talking to someone in the back of my mind, I'm like, you're doing it. Keep it up, buddy. You're doing it. And so I had a lot of those moments this past week and this past weekend. And it was, it was fun. And I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I sold a lot of tickets come to think of it. I don't know if I sold any, but I mean, I was talking to people and trying to get them to step up to the Georgia booth. And a lot of people are like, I don't, I don't collect star Wars. I got a lot of Wars. I didn't get that. <laughs> I don't collect Star Wars. Well, have a nice day. Right. May the force be with you. Have a great day, mother. <laughs> don't let the sliding doors hit you on the way out. Right. <laughs> I want to know, because you have mentioned in the past how you, um, you know, you got uncomfortable at Ikea with the people and the COVID and the social distancing. Um how was your experience with that in Toylana? Well, just to give the hotel some props too, we um, walked up to the front desk and we're like, Jerry and I were like, we're, we're going to do an interview with someone. Can we use the restaurant? And they're like, oh yeah, go ahead in there. And they just let me be in there for an hour or so. Um, nobody came to check up on me. No one told me I was shouldn't have been there. Um, they just let me have the room. And I was able to set it up the way I wanted to. Um, the radio was blaring in there. And I was just like, this is not going to work for an interview, especially when you're trying to put it on YouTube and you're going to get slapped with copyright claims and all that. So 
I was able to dial down the volume and stuff. So I really appreciated the hotel there. Um, in regards to COVID, I mean, it's still a dicey situation. There was a couple of times when I was trying to find, like I would lose focus of where I was in the room in the sense that I was focusing on the action figures. Like, what's the price of this? What's this? Where's that? Do they have anything back here? And then I'll turn around and I'll realize that there's like people just like inches from my back. And I'm like, I'm out of here. And so I would, I would leave the room and, and go out to the hallway and just kind of chill. There was an, there was an hour where I went out to my car and just hung out for a little bit mm-hmm. just to get some fresh air and get away from people and just kind of enjoy the quiet without having to worry about kids and stuff. I told my wife, you know, when we go to like Star Wars Celebration, it's just go, 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 go. And then if I want to take a break, I have to take all the kids with me. And then, you know, you got the kids wanting to do this and do that. And I'm just wanting to sit. And so it's just good to have that opportunity to go out and sit. (laughs) Spoken like a true dad. (laughs) Right. I I feel you, man. Um, I was able to find space in the hotel where I was able to kind of be by myself for a minute if I needed to pull my mask down. Um, You know, you, they did have corners and stuff where you could, you know, pay attention and be like, all right, I'm, six feet away from everybody or 10 feet away from everybody. And you could take a breather uh, or you could go outside because it was a beautiful day. It was nice and cool. And down in like the bottom, I went down in the bottom one time and was talking to Dutch and that room was just miserably hot. Uh, it was like, they didn't know where the AC switch was or didn't realize, yep. yes, it's cold this morning, but let me turn on the AC because I'm going to have a thousand people in here and it's going to be hot. You know, I don't know if they're going to use the hotel again. It, if they do, I hope the hotel steps up and takes care of them because I think they deserve them that they, the Toylana deserves that because like the, the vacuum, they, it looked like they just put new carpet down. And when you have thousands of people walking on new carpet, it, it frays or I don't like scales. I don't know what the right term is, but you know, you get carpet fibers balling up and they were all over the place, but nobody vacuumed the night before or the morning of, or, you know, so that those things were just all over the place by Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And, and I did like what you mentioned about the, you know, people leaving for lunch and not coming back. Yeah. That was a big problem. Yeah. Cause I came back that second half. I'm like, I'm going to go hit the floor. And I was able to go over to where the retro booth was. I didn't hit that before because there were so many people there. Actually, I didn't even check out all of that booth because there was, one section where it was just big enough for one person to walk through and I wasn't going to wait for somebody to, to kind of clear the area. So I just, I skipped part of that booth over there. Right. And that was a badass booth, man, just because of the amount of stuff they had. I tried, I tried making a deal on something and he wanted, he was like, it's already priced cheap enough. I was like, fine, (laughs) I'll just walk away. I don't, I I need it, but I, I'm just, I got money burning a hole in my pocket. I'll just save it for IC. So Right. That's kind of like why I was trying to save the money that I did get was because of ICCCCCCCCCC. Is that enough? Yes, it's enough C's. Add one more just for grins and giggles. C. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was a good toy show. It was great to see everyone. Like you were saying, Um, yeah, I hadn't seen people in years. We had that incredible interview which as it was unfolding, I just was like, this is getting better and better and better. And by the time I was just like, this is going to break the internet. As far as Star Wars collecting was. How many views is that thing up to? Um, it's past 700 now. Nice. Let's see if I pull up YouTube. Um, 
yeah and i was seeing other other uh channels i would say social media channels websites that i normally go to um i'll be scrolling on facebook and i'll just see an image from the video and they're just can't wait for this book to come out i'm like holy crap they saw the video it was just so cool yeah it's cool when stuff gets picked up by like yak face and and you know you had a part in it yeah that was that was awesome and everybody's was generally like that was an awesome video which props to jerry because he knew that he asked the right questions he controlled the flow of the conversation really well um i don't i didn't feel like it lagged at all no and i was just i was just like jason don't screw this up because this is too awesome no, you did it. And then you did an awesome job with the AV part of that video because um, they wanted to have been the same without you running, running it and editing it. And, uh, yeah. you know, you had the the two camera thing going where you, if they're showing something, you could get up on top of it and show it and cut to it. Yeah. And, um, you know, both of you guys deserve props because that video would have not been the same without both of you guys running it. Yeah. So we're going to play that at the end here, that interview, right? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But um uh, before we wrap things up so we can get to that interview, I, I posted on uh, our Facebook page, <laughs> um, ask us anything. I, I'm going to start doing this uh, when we go to record just because I, I think it's fun. It, it's a fun way to interact with you guys, uh, you know, during the podcast. And, you know, if you've got a question, you, no matter how serious or funny or whatever, you know, you just want to find out what kind of shampoo we use, which means none because I'm bald. But uh, <laughs> what kind you know, of polish? Yeah, I use polish. Uh, you know, ask us. So, um, we our our nice friend. I've got a couple of let let's. Um, I've got a bunch from David Quinn, which I don't know if we're going to get to all right now because it's that's a podcast in and of itself. He posted like twenty rapid of them. Fire. Rapid, rapid fire. All right, let's rapid. Let's. All right, I'm going to start from the top, and we're going to rapid fire okay. David Quinn's, and then there's some other stuff mixed in. All right, so this one is from David Quinn. If you're not married, alternate quotation marks or alternate universe, when that uh, where where you can't get in trouble for your answer, and you could go on a date with anyone in the Star Wars universe, real people like authors, filmmakers, actor, actors, etc., who would it be and why? Like Timothy's on. <laughs> I didn't think of Timothy's on, but that'd be that'd be fun. Um, I'm gonna go with Amelia Clark, Daenerys Targaryen, Kira. Swing. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you? Um, I would go Mara Jade because I love redheads. Okay. And, and I know that's I'll not. Allow it. Yeah. A real people. Oh, sh- you want like real people? Damn. Hold he, on. He was, a he was asking actors and. Yeah. Jeez. I can't go but Mara Jade. You can use Jade. your imagination. Yeah. Wow. Who would I want to go? Jeez, now i got to rethink that because I, I think in rapid fire. Um, yeah. Who is uh, Fudge. I guess whoever played Jen or so because I won't steal your thunder with uh, what's her face? Emily Clark. Who played Jen or so? I know it's Emily Clark. Jen or so is um, oh, Fun times, June <laughs> or so. I, I know her name. It's just because I'm being asked on a podcast. I don't know it. Uh, Felicity Jones. Yeah, why not? Let's go her because I liked her acting. She's beautiful too. Yes. She's not hard on the eyes. 
All right. Okay. So another question from David, provided the world opens up again this year, what collecting related event are you most excited to attend? I'm going to do the annual just because I want to go back to Syracuse and meet more collectors. Yeah. You know, if, if, and I'd have to echo that. I, I'm excited for IC, but I think the annual would be a, a more intimate uh, event, and you're going to see you're going to get more uh, out of the annual versus IC. Yep. Awesome. Plus, I'd probably get to see David again, which would be awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So the next one is, say a fellow podcaster. I wonder who he's talking about. Was <laughs> <laughs> <You>. to come. <laughs> Was to come visit each of you for lunch or dinner. Best spot to eat in your area? My grill. Yeah, like in your house? Yeah, I'll grill. I'll grill for visitors. I, I'm a mean griller. But if, if we're looking for restaurants, what's that place in Woodstock that's an Italian place by the family that owns like a five-star place downtown? Ips? Yes. No, it's not. Is it Ips? I think so. Like it's like the, the little- Ipple- yeah. In a little white house. Yes. Okay, that yeah. is some amazing Italian food. Um, I've got two answers. Cause if, if you want barbecue, I would go to JD's because they do a badass brisket. Yes, they do. But if you want burgers, we're going to go downtown and either hit uh, the vortex or Grindhouse. I haven't been to either one of those. So uh, we'll have to go sometime once the, COVID opens. I like ground ha- Grindhouse a little bit better than Vortex, but the Vortex has a better vibe. Okay. I'll have to try it. Yeah. Um, favorite moment from the first quarter of the year? Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with that interview. Totally into the interview. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. I guess Toylanta. Go ahead. No, you finish. I, I, you know, just cause it was the first major show, uh, post COVID and I, for all intents and purposes, it, it, I feel it was a success. Um, and just the stuff that the club was able to do and that we were actually able to, to get a club table and see people. And, but yeah, I, I have to go with Toyland. just cause it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Cool. We'll leave it there. All right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> best uh best piece of collecting advice you've received recently i don't know if i've received advice lately but the thing that really pops out is collect what you love don't buy just to buy i i've, I've got to echo that I, I don't know if i've been told that recently but yeah buy what you love don't don't yeah i'm just gonna echo what you said but yes because if you don't buy what you love, it's going to end up in a freaking tote in your closet and then you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just stuff. So just make sure you love it. Um, what has been the best, this is another one from David. What has been the best lesson you've learned so far as a podcaster? Be yourself. And, and get a good mic. And, and get a good mic. Yes. <laughs> be yourself with a good mic. There we go. Yeah, that that's just yeah. It's be yourself, um, be loose. Don't get nervous, uh, and, and people are gonna like it. You know, if you're doing, if you're if you're enjoying yourself, people are gonna are gonna come to the podcast. They're gonna find yeah. you and listen to you. Yep. 
this one is from our buddy David. Uh, is it Sean or Sean? S-E-A-N? I think it's Sean. Sean. Yeah, that's what I My boss's name's Sean, and we call him Sheen all the time just to piss him off. So, yes, David Sean. <laughs> so that's why I called you Sheen. Um, this is, he's actually, he's, he's messaged me a few times. He's been a, he's been a good, uh, listener. So we've, uh, we've, we've had some conversations over PM. So that's, it's, it's awesome when you get that connection with people, uh, with the pen. Yes. It's yes. Uh, with the pandemic coming to a close, do you guys see a dip in toy collecting? I'm going to preface this by saying that I had the opportunity to buy the vintage collection of Soka for $14 and I didn't thinking that wouldn't be worth anything down the road and I could pick it up at a later time. So take what I'm about to say with, with that in consideration, because I could see there being not a dip in collecting, but people losing interest in collecting as the world opens up, everyone's been boxed in. They want to get out and they want to enjoy things. There's going to be less money for collecting. If they're going to the movies, if they're going to restaurants, if they're taking vacations. So I think it returning back to pre-COVID. Yeah. But don't, don't listen to me. I'm just echoing everything you say because you, you're right um, with people getting out. And, and I think, okay, I think it's going to come off of Facebook and it's going to go back to hunting because I think all these people that have done the Facebook uh, groups and everything, they're going to want to get back to real hunting and getting out and getting dirty and, and finding stuff in, in the wild again. So no, I, I don't, I don't think it'll, I think it'll move. It won't change. It'll, it'll change. It won't die off. Who is somebody in our hobby you admire? Can I say David Quinn? Anybody who gives back to the hobby without asking for anything is someone yeah. I admire, somebody who tries to further things. And I mean, that's why I try to turn that vintage collection discussion right around and I tried to post it for people to see because I thought that was just something that people should see. And, uh, and I just try really hard to, to make people happy. And I don't know, to ha- I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There again, I'm going to have to start going first on these questions. Go ahead. You go the first <laughs> no, it's fine. Cause we're, we're echoing each other. And yeah, I, I do. I, and it is David because he does, he brings so much light to the hobby and is such a shining light and is brings so much to the hobby, like you said, and is, is so, you know, brings so much joy to people's lives through his podcast. And, and, you know, he wants people to love star Wars as much as he does. And he does everything in his power to be a shining light in the hobby. And, you know, he, he he's definitely somebody I look up to because I want to, I want to be like that. And, it, it, I'm starting to realize that through the club and through the podcast that, you know, in, in the world of Star Wars, you and I, Jason, are small fish in a very, very big pond, but they're smaller fish that look up to us. And I know that's a bad analogy, but I, I don't know how else to put it. But, you know, there's people that look up to us because of, of this platform, and I've got to take that more serious. Um, and, and, you know, David's been, been an example to, to make it, you know, for me to live up to. Yeah. Who is your least favorite rebels character? Oh, you're going first. (laughs) Least favorite rebels. Go first. Go tell me. Oh, this one. My gut is to say, cause we've been watching it recently. Yes. I've been picking episodes out. And 
I mean, sometimes Ezra pisses me off. <laughs> just because it's just like, he's such a Boy Scout. Yeah. And he trips a lot. Um, well, not, he's not as bad as the guy from Resistance. That guy's just all over the place. I, but the other thing I, I don't like is how the Grand Inquisitor died so quickly. Spoiler alert. Um, so I'm going to go with the Inquisitor just because he seemed in the end to be pointless. He was a really cool villain, but he just was a waste. Right. See, I'm still thinking. Um, you can say Kanan. You can say Hera. You can say Sabine. Well, he didn't say main character, but... Uh, you know what? Uh, Agent Callus. Why not? Just He's a cool guy, but yeah, maybe. Fudge, I don't know. Why you got to do that to me, David? No, I, it, yeah. You just yeah. blank when, when it's like, do this. You, you blank, and I blanked. All right, next question. Oh, you know what? It's the it's the it's the uh, droid, the counting droid. That guy's annoying as the uh, inventory droid. I don't know. That's not ringing a bell. He 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 came over from the Empire, and he's an inventory droid, and he's just annoying because he has to. Everything's got to be precise and down to numbers, and you know that guy's annoying. Is it like? Is it the blue one, the Death Star droid? Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think like he's four something like that. AS something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but the inventory jewelry. All right. Uh, will Solo ever get a sequel? I, I, yes. I think yes. It, it'll be on Disney Plus. And it'll be called Two Solo, Two Furious. <laughs> Either that or it'll be called Lando. Soloed, siloed. Yeah, I think it's going to be more spinoff than a sequel. I think the Lando thing is going to be a uh, spinoff sequel. Although I, I personally want a sequel. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading ahead and, and he just he's getting funny. But yes, I do think it'll be on Disney Plus and it will be on Lando. But they left they left too big of a hole there at the end of Solo for you to figure it out. Plus, you'll get to see Emily Clark or someone who looks yeah. very much like her again. Um, yeah, yeah. Favorite clone <laughs> from the Clone Wars. That was creepy. <laughs> it was. Wasn't Feel it? free to edit that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I like Game of Thrones so much. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> favorite clone from the Clone Wars. Off the top of my head, I'm gonna have to go with Rex. I know that's probably the safe choice. Yeah, that's my choice too. Just because he's the first one that comes to mind. Um, what were they? CT171. <laughs> Which one? one? That one. Oh, All right. Oh. <laughs> you probably didn't recognize him because he kind of fit in with the rest. <laughs> but he was an important character and he was there. CT171. Favorite cologne from the Cologne Wars. <laughs> Savage Biopress. Oh my goodness! Will Ray ever return to Star Wars? Um, what do you think? I think maybe, but it'll be Fast and Furious. Or if they do, they're gonna they're gonna mess with us again. And in thirty years, they'll do another sequel trilogy, and it'll all be based on Ray, and she'll be an old lady, and somebody's looking forward to give her her lightsaber back. 
Yeah, if they do it, it would be episodes, what, what are we, 10, 11, 12. I don't think, I think Lucasfilm has kind of shifted to Mandalorian so much so that there's rumors that the Euro Disney, Disneyland Paris, is getting Tatooine. Yes, I saw that. And so that's the latest rumor. So Lucasfilm is shifting. And it seems like, you know, the, the movie business and theme park business is completely different entities and it sounded like kathleen kennedy wanted to focus on the future and that's why they did galaxy's edge and it was her who said no we should do something for the future of star wars but meanwhile theme park people love it people go to it because they remember as kids i mean that's the reason why we're still going to disney world is because we went there as kids and we want to share it with our kids and we love it so much they should have done something that we loved as kids right tatooine Damn it. So I don't think I don't think Ray's going to come back. I think they're shifting their focus a little bit to earlier times, but you never know. Yeah. I, <clears throat> yes. Uh, book on you collecting. You didn't answer the. I thought I did. You didn't answer the cologne, what, the cologne one. The cologne one polo. Oh okay. I don't. It know. Solo. Solo. Yes, I love the solo cologne by Ralph Lauren. Or. <laughs> I, I I don't I can't come up with crap off the top of my head. All right. Unless I'm Moving rapping, on. then I'm like, move along. Yes, move, move along. along. Uh, name a book on collecting you'd recommend to others. Oh, well, this vintage collection one, I haven't read it yet, but that seems pretty awesome from what I saw. Um, I'm so I, hyped for it. Yeah, that book looks incredible. The one that I, I have in my collection, the only one I really have is there's a Steve Steve, uh, Steve Sansweet did a reference book, which has all the figures with the correct weapons and stuff and Mm -hmm. um, with pictures. And, and I do like that one. It's very, it's not meant to, it's a reference book. It's not reading material. So you can go and say, you know, I'm looking for this and what did it come with? And, and um, yeah, it's, it's one of those books, but I know there's a ton of them. If I were to make a micro machines book, would people buy it? Yes. I did, you know, I'm going to steal this guy's idea, but this guy that was at Toylana, speaking of of books, he had a a G.I. Joe, comprehensive G.I. Joe comic book book, uh, sort of like the same thing that Steve Sansweet did with the Mm. the figures, but it was all the Mm -hmm. variant covers and everything. And he looks at me and goes, if I did a Star Wars version of this book, would you buy it? And I told him, yes, because I don't know anything about the comic books, and this would clarify a bunch of stuff. So hopefully that dude does it and I can buy it next year. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, okay. Disney we'll is plan. Uh-huh. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. Disney is planning a Sorry. new Star Wars theme attraction and you're in charge of it. What is it? Um, my, you go first. <laughs> I would do it. I would take Spaceship Earth and turn that into the Death Star. And then put a trench run oh. inside of it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Some sort of <laughs> X-wing fight. Yeah, like yeah, like do you know the Spider-Man ride? Which At Universal? Yes. How you get in the car and like you have the three D glasses on and you're like following around. Like if you got into some sort of X-wing and you're following Luke around and you end up going in the trench and maybe you fly by Hoth. I don't know. That would be awesome. That would yes. be completely awesome to be in that moment yeah awesome uh share a story 
about someone in our hobby who doesn't get a lot of attention. I'm kind of quiet and yeah. stuck at home, and I'm just kind of stepping out into the collecting world for the first time. And like, I've been in this world for what a year or so. And it's weird because I'll look back on pictures, and you're at meetups, and I don't remember you being there because <laughs> there's just so much stuff happening at a meetup, like. Um, the Halloween meetup, you're dressed up as Chewy. I was like, oh, yeah, Jason was there. That was there. Yeah. And it's just, it's weird. Like, it just, that's why I'm trying to be more like, what would David Quinn do, you know, so that I know who's Tony, at these meetups? Tony Johnson's awesome. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a sweetheart. Su- yeah. Susan is too. Yeah. Susan. Yeah. She's, she's an awesome, you know, she'll bend over backwards for you. She's so friendly. Yeah. You know, I needed her to run the table or she, she volunteered to run the table, you know, for a big chunk of time on Sunday and, you know, anything, anything I've ever needed, you know, or the clubs needed, she's, she's helped out with no questions asked. Such a sweetheart. So there you go. Uh, Strangest Star Wars (laughs) Kenner toy. Strangest Star Wars Kenner toy. FX7 is just like a clothespin. It doesn't have any play value. Hmm. I think he's the strangest. Yeah, you're right. Okay, now I'm thinking. I'm. I got to jog my memory. Which one is that? That's the damn droid, the medical yeah, droid. Yeah, he, yeah. He looks like he's um half vending machine, half clothespin, <laughs> half half uh, Swiss Army knife. Great. Um, my mine would be the Imperial dignitary. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, why? Because he's just purple. Purple dude. Yeah, why not Tarkin? Why that guy? Yeah. Who was behind? It was he had probably like fifteen seconds of screen time. Yeah. The emperor just walked up to him. He's just like, "What's up, dude?" He just bowed. Right. He didn't even say that. No, but he was thinking it, and the emperor knew it because of his evilness. <laughs> and he knows he knows when people bow, they're like, "He's saying what's up to me." Right. Um, favorite uh, favorite piece that someone else owns? Um, I mean, Ryan's got that Boba Fett collection. Yeah, there you go. So You're stealing just, my damn thing again. Well, then you you take that one. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fine, just, dude. Go because say it. Reach your hand out. Close your eyes. Reach your hand <laughs> out. Pick something from his wall, and that's the piece. <laughs> Justin also showed me that he has some Princess Leia. Um, micro machines pre-production nice so you take the you take Narayan's Boba Fett's and I'll take uh, Justin's Leia's okay that sounds like a plan so I guess I need to say Narayan's Boba yes the wall of Narayan's Boba Fett's or just his side so just Narayan's Boba Fett collection yeah and the knowledge that that dude has over those three figures yeah wow yeah uh, this one's from Cole McKinley. Uh, Mc, Mc, uh, Cole? M-U- yes, from Cole. Sorry, Cole, I can't pronounce your last name. I suck. Um, if you had to pick a prequel Mulkey. character, huh? Mulkey. Mulkey. Cole Mulkey. Not McClunky. McClunky. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking Cole McClunky. Yes. Sorry, Cole. <laughs> I love you, Cole. Um, if you had to pick a prequel character to get a Black Series figure, who would this be and why? Did the Imperial Dignitary show up in the prequels? <laughs> no. What's his face? The the dude that um, produced the movies. 
uh, I don't want to say Ross, but that's not it. Uh, Star Wars episode. They they appeared at the end of episode one uh-huh. as dignitaries, right? When um, the Emperor goes and we'll watch you. I don't know. This is a joke that's going nowhere. Honestly, um, I loved Ara Singh. I think she was created to be the female bounty hunter at the beginning of episode two uh-huh. because they dropped her in at the last second because he needed a bounty hunter in episode two. So I always assumed that Ara Singh was dropped into the pod race because she was going to be carried over into episode two. That and didn't happen. They, they got the Sam Westall character. And that's the one with the antenna out of her head. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a cool character. A Sebulba. We never got little Annie. So pick one. Yeah. How about you? Boss uh, Nas? Yeah. Why not? We just got no, Jar Jar. Yeah. The destroyer droids would be pretty cool because they fold up. Oh my God. Yes. Into balls and you can roll those around and you can play with the grandkids with that. Yeah. As long as we don't play baseball with them. No, that, that would hurt my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the destroyer see that droids. In slow motion. Yeah, and that's about. Um, did they no? Because they and then you had those flying things that were on Mustafar. Was it Mustafar or the droid factory? You had those flying aliens, the Geonosian, right? Yeah, the Geonosians. And you got those people with the big long necks. Giraffes. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> In the you're you're the cloners. Oh yes, um, Geonosians. Oh. Yeah, that's why I thought Caminoans. Caminoans. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> dude. I don't even know what they're called, and you say prequels, and I'm like the green screen. Yeah, the green screen <laughs> movies. Yeah, they should make it the green screen as a black series. Star Wars, Star Wars episode two, the green screen. Yeah. Have you seen the meme where it's like George Lucas from the original trilogy with all the toys, with all the models, and then him in the sequel, um, in the prequel trilogy, and he's just in front of a green screen? No. I'll have to see if I can dig that out. <laughs> uh, and, and this is the last one from, from David is, and this is this gets it all out. What what would what is your personal collecting goal this year? A specific piece or, or type of piece you'd like to acquire? Yeah, what, what's your ideas? You, my I, my idea is going to be this. Mine's going to be the answer. It's going to be this answer till I get it, and it's the Phantom Galactic Heroes. Phantom from Galactic uh. Heroes. That's yeah. gonna, that's my white whale, and that's where my focus is going to be, and that's where I'm going to have a wad of cash in my pocket at IC and be like, Anthony, show me this, and hopefully he shows it to me. But we'll see. Yeah, I think I think I'm looking for um, pre-production vehicle because I got a pain sample coming, but I want a pre-production at a micro machine vehicle. I would like a wax sculpt. I would like a mold. I would like a wood something wooden. You know, something from like the very, very beginning of a figure, I think would be cool to have. Um, yeah, but that's like Warren Buffett money right there. It can be pre, it can be newer stuff, modern. It's it like be modern. Kevin Feige money right there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I, I think you, if you find 
uh, modern stuff and you get lucky, I think you it's obtainable, but you just got to be in the right place at the right time and have the credit card to go for it. Cha-ching. Yep. I think that's everything. Okay. See. Yeah. <laughs> this is a two-hour show. <laughs> so, Jason, why don't you introduce this this interview because you you were involved in it way more than I was. So quickly, how how it came about? There was a Fangirl Friday. I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel. It's it's a it's linked to in the video. If you go to YouTube, the Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors, there's a video in the description. And Daryl the Priest went on that show, and they they were coworkers at Hasbro at one point. The, the woman who runs the fangirl YouTube page and Daryl, Daryl used to be, I think a senior a marketing manager for the star Wars line for like 18 years. At least he worked at Hasbro for 18 years. Anyways. So they did that, that YouTube video and um, that left a lot of people, I guess, afterwards wanting more. They, they didn't feel like the questions went deep enough. And Jerry who knew Daryl reached out and said, Hey, you going to toy land. So can we just take, you know, 15 minutes to ask you a couple of questions on camera and do it for the Alliance. And you guys can George Alliance and you can, um, you, you can promote your book and stuff like that. He said, Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure thing. So I knew this was a great opportunity and, and we were kind of coming up with questions beforehand. And so, um, and I personally love the vintage collection. I think it's for all. anyways, I'm not going to get into it. It's just a nostalgic trip. And it's they're great sculpting and all that stuff. Anyways, so, so uh, yeah, so he said, yeah, we're going to make the interview. And so Jerry sat down with them for 45 minutes. And it was just three dudes talking almost like they were at a bar, just about your life and your experience. And why do you love collecting? And, you know, I, there's a couple things that were on Jerry's mind that I think were in a lot of uh, collectors' minds about the decisions Hasbro's made in the past, the decisions Hasbro's making now, why Black Series is getting so much more attention. So there's a lot of those kind of questions that were sprinkled in there. And then they went into the book, and that thing itself was just an amazing piece. They brought sample pages. Like, they brought more stuff than we thought they would bring. We thought they would just bring, like, here's a couple pages to look at. You know, they brought the blank book without print, printed pages in it to show us how heavy and how thick this thing is going to be. This thing is going to be incredible. They brought posters for us to look at. They brought other things that I'm not allowed to mention that we saw for the first time. And I think we were some of the first, I think Jerry and I were some of the first people to see outside of that group. I could be wrong. Um, some of those pieces for the first time. And, and so I was just doing my best to record it. And Jerry was knocking it out of the park, big props to Jerry for asking the right questions and just having a great conversation and, and uh, we asked them afterwards, you know, we're throwing this up on YouTube. Can we share it on our podcast? He's like, yeah, do whatever you need to do. So uh, with that, we're going to share this awesome, completely incredible conversation we had with Daryl DePriest and Rich Alot. And Rich Alot worked for the company that makes SRH Figure Arts now. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. He'll, he'll go into it in the, in the uh, interview. But um, yeah, and they're... They, Rich was also involved with Rebel Scum, and so they just have a great pet, uh, pedigree in, in Star Wars collecting, and um, I don't know if that's the right word. I'm just really excited about these conversations. 
Hey guys, uh, my name is Jerry Hancock. I'm with the uh, Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors, and it uh, is a great pleasure to be here today with uh, Mr. Daryl DePriest and Rich Allot. These guys are the folks who uh, put together uh, the Vintage Collection Archive Edition book that is uh, due to be out this spring. I know a lot of us have been waiting patiently for this. And I can't tell you how excited I am to be here with these guys and to get sort of a taste of what, what's in store. Um, just all sorts of goodies we've been talking, and it's just amazing uh, the amount of work that has gone into this book. So, gentlemen, let's just open this up. Tell us about the book, what the motivation for this book was, uh, what sort of kickstarted it, and then... Obviously, the Kickstarter came and uh, the funding came. And yeah, it's just uh, this has just been an incredible journey for, for those of us who have backed this uh, just right out of the gate. And uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for your time, gentlemen. And uh, let's get started. Uh, Daryl, who's, who, whose idea was this first? Well, actually, uh, Rich and uh, and Dave, our, our other partner, uh, came to me and recruited me into the project. They had been well along on on the idea of uh, celebrating the vintage collection in book form, and and um, you know they had a lot of the ideas crystallized. and And, and I, I obviously brought the writing to the table and the interviewing, all of the the principles behind it, and the thinking about how we approached it, you know, from the inside perspective. But why don't we start with Rich? You know, Rich, take it away from what your your vision was. <laughs> yeah, this was this is always a passion project for us. Um, there was uh, there was just kind of like this lineage of books from Steve Sansweet that were coming out, and it's just incredible. And all of a sudden, it stopped, um, and there was just this this void. And we were like, how do we fill this void? And you know, this this line right here is everyone loves this line look. Everyone loves. Um, vintage and and that's kind of where Steve stopped and how do we pick up and how do we bring that to collectors and and we're like we got to do a book and we have to do all these little elements of it that that are inspired by that classic Kenner look yeah if you guys don't know um, the 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 look of the book is actually sort of inspired by uh, Sansweet's book uh, the action figure archive which is just legendary for its time but like Rich said, it just. Seiji Takahashi is the person who did the original book, and Steve translated and, and brought in other elements. But um, Takahashi-san, um, who I, was, I had the pleasure of meeting, um, is, is the person who, who created that original design in, in Japan. So talk to us a little bit about the, the design look. There are some, some real key characteristics in that book that just make it stand out. And I know at one point, Star Wars Insider actually did a couple of editions where they tried to sort of pick up and continue with it, but they only did like three, I think maybe three uh, volumes of that, and then it, again, sort of disappeared. But talk to us about the design process and, and some of the things that you picked up on. Yeah, so so what we wanted to carry over was was the, the, the clean layout, um, the cleanliness of it. It was, you know, well laid out. Uh, the figures were detailed, but some of the things that we thought um, we could incorporate to improve was uh, the, the content. Each figure has has its own story. Each figure has its own write up. Each each figure has uh, a page dedicated to vehicles, you know, creatures, all that stuff. So um, we wanted to go beyond just a photo. We wanted to really l- let this serve as as a, a reference point, uh, encyclopedic kind of like you flip it open. You're like, okay, I know everything I need to know about this now. 
Yeah, that was that was really one of the great characteristics of that original volume, and I, I can't wait to see where this goes. So, obviously, Daryl was key in some of those backstories. So that's you know really the behind the scenes. And I spoke with Daryl earlier and, and asked him, is there anything off the table as far as questions? And so he, he was like, no, nope, I, I could pretty much answer most anything. And so uh, you recently did an interview with uh, one of your former colleagues from Hasbro. And uh, you mentioned something uh, about a mathematical equation <laughs> about there, there was a process for deciding which figures would be made. And I know that in, in, in the fandom, there are a lot of us who sort of, you know, sometimes things get made and we're like, why did they make that? And then other times they don't make certain things and, and fans are like, I can't believe they didn't make that figure. So talk to us a little bit about that process. So we, we do touch on this in, in the book, but um, it, it's sprinkled throughout. We kind of we kind of see seeded a l- little bit of process like throughout the whole book. So you have to read it all to, to get it. But um, prior to my being in the in the toy industry and, and even in the video game industry, my background is as a scientist before. So I I approach things with a very quantitative kind of kind of rigor. And one thing when designing a Star Wars line, especially being a fan like I am, and a fan of what was then the expanded universe, like I love a lot about Star Wars, but the comic books have always been like a fantastic vein of storytelling. Um, it was easy for me to kind of like make suggestions to you know keep keep expanding expanding beyond and 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 also when we got into the vintage collection one thing that we realized very quickly after a couple of waves is that we had run out of truly A-level characters. And that A-level character is part of kind of that mathematical equation we had. So we've run out of A-level characters. What do we do? Because I know the quickest way for a line to die at retail is just doing tertiary characters where you sell very few. Nobody's happy about your... What's what killed Masters of the Universe, right? Yeah, and nobody's happy about your profitability. Certainly, Certainly not Hasbro certainly not the retailers it just is a one-way ticket out out of the retail aisle and we had an agreement with lucasfilm that vintage is a very powerful line look they didn't want to see it die a wimpy death we had to we had to really keep it going or agree to pull the plug and um we kept it going for three years originally and part of part of that reason why was we created this this formula not just for vintage but for all the lines we were doing that we always had to have a level star power and then um we categorized all the other figures we wanted to do as b's and c's and sometimes even like d level characters the The part we drew from the parking (laughs) lot but but we had to be very rigorous and um, for every cantina alien, I would want to do every cantina alien that ever existed. That was, that's, that's just to me the quintessential scene. But we had to be very rigorous. Like to, to justify a cantina alien, we had to like have 10, 10 times that worth of other characters in, in each wave. And so what it did is we categorized every figure um, according to this ABC rant and we, and we agreed with Lucasfilm how we would design each wave and they held us to it like every wave we submitted they would say you know what's your where these are the a's the b's the c's like we would show them and then we would pick characters you know from that so it was very rigorous and but that served us so well because we were able to get in the figures we want but we had to make sure that that was in true moderation so we didn't go heavy on the tertiary characters yeah so 
you know, so we do tell that. We wanted to tell that story because it is part of the approach. And, and um, you know, that uh, for, the, for folks who haven't heard it, that, that was an interview that we, we did with Anita. Um, yeah, and Anita Castellar, she's amazing, um, and uh, you, you, you can check that out. Yeah, two old friends getting back together. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So people should check that out. Anita runs Fangirl, um, and and really my my hats off to her for pulling out some of these stories that I didn't even I hadn't thought about in a while. <laughs> so. Well, so speaking of that, I was sitting here looking. Um, so in 2012. Was it the episode one line that sort of brought it to a close? Yeah, episode one, um, the writing was on the wall uh, even before episode one, but episode one really, you know, was was one of the reasons um, why we were we were struggling. But there, there was even a bigger reason, too, and that was um, we had been chasing lower numbers on Star Wars figures ever since 2008. The, the economic meltdown really hurt a lot of a lot of collectors and we saw it in decreasing numbers and one one thing that uh, when you launch a line in retail um, especially a, what's called a wave-based line where it's not just one item but it's it, it's built on the success is built on each wave succeeding and selling the number we had forecast and getting into retail when you're trying to chase numbers down it becomes it's a real hard problem it means that you you can't take, you know, in, in, in marketing, you're always optimists. You're always like, this next wave is going to be even better than the one we That's did before, <laughs> you know? You're the cheerleader. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes flat is up, yeah. right? And, and we just, no matter how good the waves are, you know, we just, we were, we were still trending down. And it was just a, a product of the time. So it, it, it sounds like that was the beginning of what we're starting to see now where Black Series seems to be, as Hasbro calls it today, their bread and butter. And it seems that sort of TVC has fallen to the, to the sort of second to the back seat, I guess. Um, so you saw the beginning of that. So we saw the, we saw the beginning of that for sure. And, and by that time, um, I recently did a, a, a separate project kind of kind of related to, to to this too but i put together in my own archives um from 1978 to present every three and three quarter figure so that's my my goal is to have every every single figure all the major variations and um and they're they're stored in this kind of like front to back chronological order and you know we're at in the thousands of figures right i mean that's that's intimidating for anybody to collect sure. you know if you're a new collector where do you you know how do you start and and do you do you want to get them all um as someone who's a completist it's very intimidating so a fresh start is really what's needed sometimes and that's why hasper when they started six inch i actually delayed the introduction of six inch for years because i knew that it would cannibalize this yeah. it would take a lot of the dollars and focus away from this and i thought we had still a lot of a lot of life left in three and three quarter but um you know once once six inch started it pulled a lot of new blood and it was it was it was phenomenal um, and at the same time, I think it it made it, you know, tougher on tougher on three and three quarters. Also, the other factor is three and three quarters is at its heart. I always thought it, you need kids in the line, yeah. right? Especially because vehicles are so important, and you need you need it volumes enough to substantiate those vehicles. So um, it just became uh, you know it became more more difficult to keep that going in time. So today, 
I, you know, I know why Hasbro is doing so much with six inch. It's just it's the the fresh thing. It's the big thing. It's a higher dollar, you know, volume volume thing. But um, you know, nothing will ever replace three and three quarters. And it, it, it is it, it is to me, in my opinion, Star Wars at its heart is a figure and vehicle line. It's not just about figures. It's a you know science fiction fantasy at, at its at its heart, where vehicles are such an important part of the character of the line and the storytelling. I think that's yeah. the, the thing that's really driven it, you know. Now we're starting to see some play sets popping up here and there, the little uh, component play sets and stuff. So I think that's, it's definitely, you know, like you said, sort of the the heart of, of what Star Wars toys were, for particularly for those of us who, go, you know, go way back. So, Rich, tell me a little bit about that. Um, I'm assuming you're an old school vintage fan as well. And... Uh, Talk to me a little bit about what this was when you were a kid. You know, what did what do these toys mean to you as a child? Yeah, so I think for for collectors, um, especially longtime collectors, these these are the modern incarnations of what we grew up playing with as kids. Um, you know, we when you kind of look at, for example, um, I know you look like Luke Skywalker with the with the yellow hair, um, or you know the. Um, the Han Solo Hoth that has a little clip that you can put the the blaster in. So those those little things are now taken to the next level where you can pose these out into the the most amazing stances, battle stances, and and you bring in vehicles and and the barge. I think was I think the barge was a real surprise for Hasbro. It was like sink or swim kind of thing. Like okay, if this is gonna move forward, um, here it is, and um, and and I, you know I I think. Uh, I think it surprised our community, and, and I think it surprised a lot of people um, at Hasbro, too. Yeah. So, Daryl, um, we know the momentum was building for the barge for years. Um, was this... <laughs> he laughs. He knows what I'm, where I'm going with this. So, so um, at what point? I mean, you, I think you'd already probably left Hasbro at that point, but, you know, did, did, uh, did you have much impact in, in, in the decision to finally make this happen? Were you still sort of behind the scenes pushing buttons going, you know, the fans really want this, this barge? <laughs> Actually, uh, my, my history with the barge is interesting. So I, I, I wasn't on the Star Wars team at the time. It was a, it was a new team. I transitioned off in uh, 2015. And um, for the for the next three years, I was overseeing GI Joe and other and, and other projects. Um, but but they came in. The team came and consulted with me. It, um, I had a chance to propose the barge years before. We knew the barge was um, you know uh, something that fans wanted, but it was completely unrealistic because um, and especially the way I worked, I thought of you know. Retail. We have to solve retail. There really wasn't much direct to fan, um, you know, a, a direct to fan model back then. But you know, I give credit to the new team. They they uh, they really wanted to do something different, something audacious, and they convinced senior management that this was the new model to try to do these things. So, you know, they did it. They they came and proposed it to me. Um, I thought it was. Uh, very audacious so um but it wasn't something that i would have ever done you know when when i was over the brand so that was you know they they took a chance and it paid off for him so that's great i get it's like i get this mental picture of you and like mark boudreau sitting back having beers going you know man 
one day we're going to make this thing happen. But I, but I, I never saw the day that we would, wow. that, that Hasbro would make that. So um, good for them because, you know, I've got one now to, to, yeah. to thank for, for that team really taking a chance on, on a new model. So, but it's, it's something that, uh, you know, you can do every once in a while with these things. And, um, you know, we'll, we've got the, um, you know, the... Uh, uh, the razor crest you know it's uh, coming so i can't wait for that uh, as well so yeah i have to say guys um we'll we'll try and wrap up here quickly because uh daryl already told me he's uh, if you don't know guys we're here at toy Lana uh in atlanta this is our sort of our premier toy show uh it really started with with gi joe it used to be called joe lanta and uh if you don't know daryl has a long history uh, actually longer history with gi joe than with the star wars brand and uh he talked about being meticulous. Uh, I saw his binder earlier. He has checklists. <laughs> I saw him yesterday when he first got to the uh, to the con, uh, digging through boxes before the floor was even <laughs> open. I mean, he's like a machine <laughs> looking for these things. So, uh, so I know he's got some other business he needs to take care of. I did have a couple just quick questions, sort of rapid fire questions before we leave. I wanted to hit both of y'all. So. Um, First question um, I'll pose to Rich. Rich, what was your favorite vintage toy as a child? Uh, Falcon. And the reason was uh, my uncle came back from college to visit me. Uh, well, to, to visit the family. He came, stopped by the house. He brought me a Falcon. I remember um, putting it together. Um, we went to the Toys R Us, picked it up. And uh, my, my aunt walks into the room and she goes, oh, my God, what is that thing? Are you crazy? Did you buy that for him? So that old Falcon, just remembering that story um, and getting to put my Han and Chewy figures in it was, uh, was awesome. That's great. That's awesome. All right. So, so Daryl, quick question for you now. Um, of your time at Hasbro working on the Star Wars line, what do you see uh, for Star Wars? I know I'll, I'll ask a similar question for Joe in a second, but for Star Wars, what was really the pinnacle, what you consider to be sort of the high point of your career in working on this line? Well, one is definitely the vintage collection um, because um, what we had often posed the question internally, or at least I did, like uh, we said, what if Kenner, this was an actual conversation, what if Kenner had never stopped producing Star Wars? What would it look like? And that became the impetus for the vintage collection. There were some precursor lines before that that started before my time, but but really that was that was the thinking. So, to to actually achieve that, to work with Lucasfilm to make that happen, and to see it have such such success, that's 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 the pinnacle. I have another one too, which is um, the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just working on the Clone Wars, something um, created from whole cloth, um, you know, by Dave Filoni and his team there. And then bringing that to life, I'm very, very proud of, of our team's um, handling of, of the Clone Wars. That had a, a long and amazing life. So I look at I look at these two as related but very different, um, you know, enterprises. So I was thinking about the uh, the Clone Wars diorama at Celebration. That thing was just stunning. <laughs> it was an incredible piece. So all right, so quick question. I got I got the Joe guy here, and maybe maybe we have some Joe guys uh, watching. So. What, what was your pinnacle of your career working on the Joe line? Oh, um, it was uh, definitely <laughs> reviving Joe versus Cobra, but it, that was also one of the worst, you know, moments. Just the, the you know, because I, 
I, I want everything to be perfect, and, and out of the gate, we were not perfect on that line. So, But just recatalyzing interest in that was, was big. So Hasbro has you know, put a focus on that that is you know, leading to you know, the movies that we have today. So, um, so that was, that was you know, a, really, a really good pinnacle. And then uh, I had fun with 12-inch G.I. Joe. We did some amazing, amazing Joes you know, as well. Yeah, 40th anniversary line was a fun one. So, and the 40th anniversary line actually has a, a precursor to vintage because in many respects they're, they they uh, they achieve try to achieve the the exact same things. So, going but, for that, that old school fan. So, you guys got a few things here. Did y'all want to point any specifics out that you wanted to share with the folks? Because you know this thing's coming out in May, guys, and I am just oh my god. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath, as I'm sure a lot of other fans are. Um, Rich, you got some some so, so incredible stuff. Daryl didn't mention, and he, he kind of alluded to, but um, there, there's a story in here about how they kept pushing Lucasfilm to do this line. Um, it really took some arm twisting to get Lucasfilm to allow this to happen, and we capture that in the book. So um, it's it's not just pretty photography. There's some really good um, story in here, right. and and how it's and what it took to to make these things happen because. I think they had cold feet going into it, right. and, and they were they were reluctant to do it. So, um, you know, it took it, it was a lot of persistence uh, to to make vintage happen. So, um, yeah, we've got some we've got some pages from the book. Um, we had Steve Sansweet um, do our foreword. Um, you know, we talked to Steve. He he lent us some of his his items um, for the book um, for for comparison photos to to classic Kenner uh, things. So, um, I think this this in here really is. Uh, special to all of us, um, you know, especially since a lot of what we did is based on his previous yeah. works. You love Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're seeing this, Steve. <laughs> so the chapter breaks. Um, yeah. One of the big things happening with, with toys is toy photography right now. So we went out and we got the best guys. Um, and every chapter break uh, photo is a big, beautiful um, illustration of, of what this line can can do like the world building the vehicles and and why three and three quarter inch star wars really is kind of the the line that that everyone loves because because of what you can do and and you know you can kind of do this stuff with with six inch figures but um man you need a lot of space <laughs> so um you, you need a warehouse <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah some of those I, mean, I, I see six inch fans from time to time like I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> and then these are some of those those stories. Um, you can see this is uh, this is what was uh, this is kind of what it took to get Lucasfilm convinced. Um, some of these figures, um, PowerPoint decks that were taken to to them to present. Um, so we've got some of that covered in here. I think we've shared some of these things with with um, with yeah, readers. Yeah. yeah um, but here enjoy the updates. <laughs> here here are the pages. Um, you know we we had. We wanted to take the time to get these right, and here's a really good example of, of why some of this took longer than, than we anticipated. So if you take a look at the C-3PO correction here, you can see it had a green tint to it, and it's, it's beautifully cleaned up. Now, usually what happens is the printer takes this stuff and they, they color match to the screen. Um, we were just having issues. Um, it wasn't happening, so there's, I think there's over 6,000 photos um, that were taken, and so it took a really long time to get all that done, to go through every photo and make sure that it was color accurate. Um, so, you know, that was, that was a little bit of a delay in that, but um, th that's, that's a really big thing. We wanted to make sure that when you look, and you look at that lightsaber, you look at that belt, 
They're like, okay, I, I know I have this. Uh, is it, you know, you're it's it's big, it's it's you can you can distinguish this one from from another one, and you'll know that th I have the right Han blaster with this figure. Rich, can I can I add something too? So um, one one thing that we really want to mention is that you know this book is kind of a, a love letter to the designers who worked on the line. You mentioned Mark Boudreau before, but um, we did interviews with. Um, all the all the principal designers who who worked on the figures and then um you know i added my recollections of working with the designers to kind of fill in the gaps when we didn't but you know erica rania and and andrew franks and um and and so many so many others um steve bono um you know did a did a bunch of work for this um and then brian Parrish is really the Mark Boudreau of the vintage collection figure figure line. Brian Parrish did so many of these. And the pages that Rich is showing, each one is infused with their recollections and what they wanted to achieve in that figure. We wanted to make sure that those designers really got that that attention that they deserve. So and fans need to know what they did. That's that's really cool because you know we uh, we were talking earlier about some of the, the old Kenner designers and it's almost like those guys are like cult heroes now. You know, you go out to some of the conventions, you see Jim Swearingen here in Atlanta. Uh, we have Tim Effler and Doug Miller. I mean, these guys are legends of the vintage line. So it's great that y'all are giving props to yeah. to some of the guys working on the new line because just the amount of work that goes into it and these sculptures, the sculptors are incredible. Yeah. Uh, the, some of the details that are coming out in these in these newer uh, vintage characters, especially with the new uh, face uh, update, the, the real scan. Photoreal, yeah, yeah photoreal. That is just amazing what they're, they're capable of these days. I think one of the things um, that really struck me in, in kind of going through this book and, and, and reading kind of uh, where we are and, and uh, with vehicles was uh, how Brian Merton approached vehicles. Um, he, he approached vehicles as role play and kind of how do, I'm sitting in a cockpit and what, what do I do? And so, you know, it, it really explains like a lot of these these updates that he did with 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 the cockpits, with um, adding the yokes, adding targeting computers um, in the Tie Fighter ejector seats. Uh, so, you know, understanding why that was added, uh, and and it just it's just an incredible story to to kind of get into their minds and be like, oh wow, okay, that's really cool. That's that's the way he he envisioned these changes because he's thinking that he's sitting in the in the cockpit of a tie fighter <laughs> well when we played with them as kids you know it was sort of what we did you, you almost envisioned yourself in that cockpit and you see the uh, the luke x-wing there um i didn't know about the the little added bonus inside the helmet until yes. you guys had posted the update yeah. about that i thought that was genius yeah. yeah there's a ridge in luke's helmet that you could fit over the, the top bun on uh ray's head so that she can pilot the x-wing that's just incredible foresight and in being able to make these toys so interactive. I was just just genius, and to get that voice of those designers and and what they are you know trying to accomplish, I think is just really special. So I think this is the first time people are seeing a lot of these pages, right, Rich? Yeah. So uh, you're co you're comfortable letting these out? Uh, <laughs> I'm, gonna show, I'm gonna show this one thing um, on, on. I'm gonna show two two more things. Um, people wanted to know unproduced. Um, okay, here's here's your teaser. Um, <laughs> This is some of the stuff that didn't that didn't get made. Um, some of it kind of evolved. Um, so let's talk about. There's an Imperial uh, probe droid. Um, we saw it later on in the movie Heroes line, I believe, um, but we didn't never saw the pod. Um, the AT-AT commander originally was going to have a cap, an Imperial cap, um, that got cut. So you can kind of see what's included with that. 
And then uh, the Tauntaun, this is another Brian Merton story where Brian was trying to figure out how to get an open belly on a Tauntaun to use in a future release. And because when, the, when it laid on its side, the arms and the legs didn't look right, he abandoned it. But that plug, that belly plug is still in that Tauntaun. Wow. So um, I'll, I'll kind of give you a, a look at those. Um, I don't want to go into some of the other stuff. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do, do it real fast. <laughs> it's really tasty. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing that we were, we take a ton of pride in um, is we have a, a really awesome appendix. Um, we have this card matrix that I know a lot of guys are like, oh, is this supposed to have a sticker? This, does this not have a sticker? What does the card look like on the back? Um, we answer that with every single oh, figure. Wow. Um, it is super comprehensive. Um, we have samples of, of every single one of these um, from from a super collector who whose only focus has been carded. Um, so, and we went over it and over it over it to make sure it's right. Um, I think for, for the most part, um, we have. Let me let me jump in here so you can kind of see. We try to have all the cards when possible. Um, so if there is a variation, I think the Vader one is a good one to show you. Yeah, so you can see we try to include um, all the cards when possible. Um, but uh, I think there may be one or two that we're missing, but I think for the most part, we've captured every single card that is in there. Um, so you can kind of look at it and know, yes, this exists and um, it's legit. Cause I know there are guys peeling stickers off and things like that. So this will tell you if it's real or not. Great. Yeah, that's uh, that's just incredible. I was talking to one of the other collectors here uh, at the con this weekend, and we were talking about how the secondary market value on some of these has just gotten so crazy. And we were we were sort of measuring, and we we're like, okay, it's official. Uh, a men on card vintage collection weekway is officially more expensive than the original vintage release weekway i mean uh the secondary market price on this is going through the roof and it's just uh it doesn't seem to be slowing down you just got this core of collectors that are just so thrilled by this and guys i want to thank you so much for your time today this has just been incredible uh i hope everyone's enjoyed uh uh the preview and you know sort of uh licking your lips at this point waiting for may i can't wait and uh you know if uh if you guys are ever back in atlanta uh, i'd love to buy you a beer at some point afterwards and uh, <laughs> maybe we can talk about some things we didn't see today but uh thank you so much for your time today guys it's just been a pleasure and just can't wait for this thing so but uh take care oh <laughs> there it is yeah this is uh this is, this is what it's supposed to look like, the finished product. Uh, as Daryl said earlier, this is one of one. Uh, this is uh, sort of the mock-up case. And then, of course, uh, inside the, uh, the blank pages. But uh, this thing is hefty. <laughs> this is the, the accurate page count, right, Rich? Yes. So this is a, you can see this, this wow. is a weighty, weighty book. This one's blank, so it'll weigh even more when all the ink is in. <laughs> but it fits in this amazingly beautifully designed uh, slipcase here that uh, is meant to uh, uh, give you the feel of the original uh, Kenner figure case. It's amazing. And I think, Rich, you have an even more updated uh, graphic. Yeah, so this has just been cleaned up. Um, it's, it's a little bit more vivid. You can see everything uh, better. Um, but, but yeah, th this, uh, th we, we, we love the way this turned out. Um, it looks like a case. Everyone that, that purchased one is going to have a a numbered aluminum engraved um, uh, handle 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're really we're really happy with, with the way these turned out. And the finish here is inspired by other premium books that we have in our library. Um, you know, this, this, this beautiful matte finish that's, that's this like fabric fabric finish. So um, Rich, Rich really, um, you know, kind of kind of uh, worked with the vendors to come up with a range of options before narrowing down onto the final one. That's just like this perfect fit. Um, and then, in addition, do you want to talk about the the? Uh you want to show the posters? Yeah, that's right. We forgot I forgot the posters. I can't believe I was trying to break here. We haven't even seen these posters yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You get it. As we're, as we're getting, getting closer to uh, so you can see final this production. Thing is massive. Um, we shot this with uh, with Kim Simmons. Um, he he set it up just like he would have back in the day. Um, obviously, the camera he used was a little bit more modern and digital. So we were able to to kind of get this. Uh, um, in a couple shots instead of, uh, you know, days and days and days that this would have taken him. Um, and which backers get this one? Really? So anyone can purchase this. Um, it's still available. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't purchased it, um, you can still pick it up. Uh, I think the premium level backers will get this with their books. Um, but it's available, uh, rolled. Um, there's a signed edition, um, that Kim did for the, I think it was the original 250, okay. um, that purchased, uh, the, the slipcase. So, I mean, the figures are, I would say maybe three-quarter scale of the the real thing. So if you don't want to dip into buying a whole collection, um, this is a great alternative. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want to spend the two hundred dollars on that week way. Um, um, and then there, the other thing that we did with oh, this is beautiful. This is just oh, this is to the actual size of the original that was a mail away um, Star Wars is Forever poster. Uh, the sand. The these uh, green elements are from that original poster, wow. and this this stuff here, the the um, the the tree and the the mountains, are um, Kim's handiwork. So he built them the same way he would have done back in the day. Um, it was incredible to pull these buckets of sand <laughs> out of storage, and and I was like, Kim, you kept this all these years, and he goes. He, he was like, yeah, you never know when you might need it again. And I was like, even these trees, and I've, I've actually matched. You can see they have a little bit of wear to them, but I've matched these to some of his photos. That's so, incredible. like, That's you can awesome. see these things in on Kenner, classic Kenner boxes. It's incredible. Like, wow. That's awesome. It, this came out. It came out so beautiful. When Rich first showed it to me, it's like the, the feeling of Kenner nostalgia just washed over me. And the, the, the photo was one thing, but then, you know, seeing the font match and, and, and everything just laid out, it's yeah, so... Yeah, it's the questions. <laughs> yeah, trivia questions have been updated. And the one thing that we were able to... It's, it's a little difficult to see, but um, we got a silver ink um, done for this. So it is the same silver ink that they used on the original. So it's not just a gray. It is actually, it's an actual silver ink that has some reflection and shine when you uh, hold it to the light the right way. And and how are folks going to get this poster, Rich? It's, um, it's going to be. Uh, I think this one premium. comes folded, just like the original did, and we have rolled versions that are available for, to to purchase um, wow. as well. Uh, you guys are sucking me in here. I mean, I, <laughs> I already had to go back and add this poster. Now I might have to go back and add the uh, add the uh, the Kenner's Forever poster as well. It's just amazing work. The, the level of reverence that um, you know that that that. Uh, Rich and and Dave have really put into this is 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 amazing on the photography side and the and wanting to to get it 
uh, you know, vintage has a certain standard to it. It's just, it's just the premium standard for the line. Uh, everything from you know the figure to the packaging is meant is meant to be premium, and that's the that's the approach that you know the team has really has really given to make sure that everything you know is up to that standard. So yeah. it's it's just amazing stuff. Everything that Rich shows me as it comes off is is just mind blowing. So <laughs> the bookmarks here. Good. Yeah, we've got the bookmarks. So you can see this is what the die cut will look like. We have um, we have a couple samples front and back, so they'll be cut nicely. They look awesome. Um, we've got. Um, these will be cut. You can see the the the, uh, the die cut for these. The so these there, are the book yeah. plates. Um, these will be signed by um, the, the three of us on the team plus Steve. Um, Great. Uh, we've got some cover samples, um, so you can see what the cover will look like. So yeah, we've got. We're I mean, getting close. Yeah, everything's <laughs> everything's here. We're just we're just ready for them. Uh, we're just we're just ready for them to send us our our um, our pre pre our, our preview. Uh, then, then you know, we tell them, okay, we're good. Let's 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 go. This is great news, guys. Great news. I, I, I think it's going to be well worth the wait. I know that, uh, you know, we're seeing so much chatter online. So many people are just like, it seems that that most fans are just so accommodating and saying that you know what, we'd rather you do it right and it take a little yeah. bit longer. And it, it it's a, it's quite apparent that you guys are really putting a lot of love and attention into this and. Uh, couldn't be more excited. We, we definitely appreciate that. We know it's been a long, um, a long time coming for some of this stuff. We we appreciate everyone's patience, and um, we're using the time. You know, we've used the time the right way. It wasn't wasted. Um, we've definitely tried to make sure that everything is is perfect. This is it. This is it, guys. Again, thank you so much for your time. This has just been a blast, and uh, yeah, come on May. <laughs> it's I don't think I've looked forward to a May this much since uh, you know a Star Wars movie. Really. So. <laughs> thanks, to the, thanks to the fans for uh, you know for uh, for waiting. It's going to be amazing. Awesome! Can't wait, guys. Thank you so much. It's nice having you. I hope this has answered some questions, guys. And uh, you guys take care. <laughs>